of the few things that I don't enjoy about being a preacher is sermon titles. I don't mind writing the sermon. I enjoy preaching the sermon. But trying to come up to come up with some sort of a sermon title every week is just the bane of my existence right now. So I, I was looking at my I was looking at my text and looking at what I wanted to say and uh, suddenly this 80s song pops into my head, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Uh, Bobby McFerrin was the, the singer. Uh, that was actually our senior song my senior year of high school. Uh, don't worry, be happy. And it's, it's all about, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on in life, just don't worry about it, be happy. And it's, it's a cute little song, but not a real realistic way to live. Because the fact of the matter is we're not always happy. Bad stuff happens. Hard stuff happens. And when those things happen, we're not happy. But I use this, this particular uh, song title as my sermon title this morning because Paul talks to us about being glad in all circumstances. And this is one of the few times where the Common English Bible, I think, doesn't quite get the translation right. What Paul says is to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And that's an important difference, because we can rejoice when things are not going well. We may not be happy, but we can have joy and peace in our hearts because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's easy for us to um, idealize our, our Bible folks sometimes. You know, we think, well, you know, Paul, Paul says that, that uh, you know, we should rejoice in the Lord always, but Paul was Paul. He was a giant in the faith. You know, he, he can't possibly mean that for just me and you. But Paul was a human being like the rest of us. Paul had a particular call, which he fulfilled amazingly well. But he was a human being, and bad stuff happened to Paul. Read the book of Acts. Paul was beaten shipwrecked, taunted, made fun of. And, and some of these things happened over and over again. They had to sneak him out of the city more than once under the cover of night in order to, for him to survive. And at the time that Paul is writing this letter, Paul is sitting in a prison cell. Paul has been in prison for his faith in Christ and for proclaiming his faith in Christ. And Paul doesn't know whether he's going to live or die. He has no idea how much time he has left. They might let him go. They might kill him. And earlier in the letter, Paul says that that's okay. Because for him, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If he lives, he gets to continue his work for Christ. And that's a good thing. But if he dies, he gets to go and be with Christ. And how much better is that? So Paul is writing this, when Paul's telling us to rejoice, he, he's not talking about, don't worry, be happy. Paul isn't saying, oh, don't worry about the bad stuff that happens to you, or nothing bad's going to happen. You know, some, some folks think that when they become a Christian, that, that God promises them that life is just going to be a bed of roses from that point forward. And well, that's just not the way it works. We all go through difficult things. But we can keep our wits about us, and we can have joy in our hearts by trusting our relationship with Christ. And he talks about how to go about having joy in our hearts. 
And he gives a, a real nice little lesson on prayer in this, at the end of this letter. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. We give thanks to God for the good things that God has done for us. Each and every one of you that are here this morning, you've got something to thank God for because you are up. You're awake. You're on the right side of the grass. So you got something to be thankful for. But bring all of your prayers and petitions to God, too. I can't tell y'all how many times in, in the 20 years that I've been in the ministry so far, I've had people tell me, well, I don't want to bother God with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is bothering me, but that, God's, God's so big, he's got bigger things to worry about than little old me. Not true. Yes, God has the big world peace things to worry about. But God is big enough to handle the big world peace things as well as the desires of your heart. And what's worrying you and what's got you upset. God knows, the psalmist says that God knows the very number of the hairs on our head. God knows each one of us and loves us as if we were the only person he had to worry about. So God wants us to take even the little things in our lives. Now I'm not saying that you need to ask God, should I have peanut butter and jelly or a ham sandwich for lunch today? Okay, God, God did give us an intellect. He expects us to be able to handle some things on our own. But when there's something that's bothering you, that's hurting your heart, whether you think it's silly and ridiculous or not, take it to God. Take it to God's there for you. God wants to hear your prayers. And Paul promises that if we'll do that, if we will take our concerns to God and leave them there, that God's peace will calm our hearts. Sometimes that's hard to do. I've had a really rough couple of weeks, and I'm not going to get into a bunch of gory details, but it's been a hard couple of weeks. And a friend of mine who is a spiritual director was talking to me, and she said, I want you to visualize having a box. She said, I want you to put everything you're worried about, everything you're, you're angry about, everything you're, you're afraid of, I want you to put all that stuff into the box, and I want you to visualize putting a lid on the box and putting it in a storeroom. And you're going to leave that with God in your storeroom. Y'all, I sat there for probably 10 minutes or so. And I'd think of a bunch of stuff to put in the box. And I'd stop for a while. And I'd sit. And I'd think. And I'd pray. And a bunch more stuff come out. And I'd sit and I'd think. And I'd, I went through this about three or four times. And at one point I thought to myself, i got to get a bigger box. <laughs> but i got to tell y'all, when it was all done, I had handed all that stuff over to God, I felt more at peace than I did when I started. So that may be something for y'all to try when, when something is bothering you, is put in a box and give it to God. And let God, let God take care of that box. If we give our troubles over to God, God will give us a peace about it. Now, God's not going to get us out of those troubles. I still have the situations to deal with that I went to God for. But God can give us a peace about the situation and can help us to hang on through it. The final paragraph, I think, is really important, too. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. 
Practice these things, whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us. Now, I want to address the, the end of that first, where Paul says that, you know, to whatever you, you received from us, whatever you heard us say, excuse me, practice those things. Paul didn't have a Bible to give the Philippians. It hadn't been written yet. There, some of Paul's letters were written down before Mark ever wrote his gospel, and he was the first one to write. So there wasn't, he didn't have a New Testament to hand them to tell them about Jesus' story. He didn't have a New Testament to hand to them to show them how to live. What Paul had was the story of Jesus transmitted orally and the example that he and his helpers set for the Philippians. And so Paul said, what Paul is telling them is not, we're so wonderful, of course you need to, you need to emulate what we're doing. What Paul is saying to them is we've tried to set you an example, and whatever in that example fits with what you know of Jesus, emulate that. It was a living gospel, because they didn't have this written down yet. So Paul says, do good things, and focus on good things. I, I read that scripture this week, and I thought, man, you can tell Paul had never heard of Facebook. How many of us spend way too much time, if not on Facebook, looking across the yard at the neighbor's house. Uh, how many of us spend hours wishing we were, we were somewhere else, we were someone else, we had different things? And it brings us down. We hear all of the negativity in the world, and, and I think being informed is a good thing, but there's so much negativity in the world and so much hate in the world that we've got to be careful. Because all of that, listening to that and focusing on those things will bring us down. It makes us harder. It makes it harder for us to love God and love our neighbor. And that is job one as a Christian. Love God, love neighbor. It's that simple. That's, that's our first job as, as Christians. God wants us to focus on the good things because focusing on the good things is, is how we can grow in our spiritual life. You're not going to grow as a Christian if you're focused on gossip and infighting and jealousy and anger, you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna grow as a Christian. You can't. In Galatians, Paul talks about the fruits of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the things that we need to focus on. When you focus on those things, then you grow as a Christian. When you focus on those attributes, that's what helps us to grow. And so sometimes maybe we need to unplug, at least turn off the TV, or unplug the TV, turn off our phones for a little while, and focus on what's good. Focus on, because there are good things in life. There are very good things in life. Uh, this morning, uh, it took me a little longer to get to church. Thankfully, I left early enough. It took a little longer to get to church than planned because I was out on... Uh, I guess it's Veterans Boulevard in Picayune, and traffic stopped. I'm like, okay, it's 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Why is traffic stopped in the middle of the road? Two people had pulled over. They were chasing a dog, trying to catch the dog. They couldn't catch it, but they eventually chased it far enough into a parking lot that the dog would be safe. But they were out there in the middle of the road trying to catch good Samaritans, trying to take care of, of this dog and, and save this dog's life. That's the kind of stuff we need to focus on. Because you, you can, when you're looking for it, you know, I could have looked at that and gone, man, this is terrible. How long am I going to have to sit here? How long is this going to take? 
And instead it's like, wow, that's really cool that these total strangers are trying to chase down this dog and trying to get this dog to safety. Um, when we had car trouble last week with Mary Ruth, we had two Good Samaritans who did not know each other come and help us put a spare tire on Mary Ruth's car. Uh, they worked together. One was white, one was black. They didn't know each other. They didn't know us. But they saw we were in distress. They pulled over and they helped. Focusing on those kinds of things that, that happen. And it's, it's going to be little stuff. It could be a, a, a new flower that's blooming in your garden. Or some fresh vegetables coming in. I, I got a load of tomatoes from somebody last week that I was very grateful to have. There's nothing better than a garden tomato. So focus on the good things. It's not, don't worry, be happy is no way to live. But rejoicing in the Lord always is. And we can rejoice in the Lord even when things are difficult, even when it's hard, because we know that God has, God's, God's got us, and God loves us, and he'll take care of us through the good times and the bad times. Amen.